So I want to welcome everyone who's listening today, whether you're listening over Radio 1, WOL, 1450 AM, our premier station in Washington, D.C., whether you're listening over the internet on lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com, WOLDCnews.com, or any of the many apps that we can now use to hear uh, this program. I'm finally back in Washington, D.C. Last week when I broadcast, I was still in Texas, and uh, it took me like three days to get back to D.C. between the cancellations and the airplanes and snow here in Washington. Finally ended up in New York and took a train into D.C. It was just unreal. And I I know and I feel sorry for those who are still caught in the cancellations. It's really a mess there. But you know what? We're here. I'm here. You're here. We made it into this new year, 2022. So welcome. Welcome to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell, where we try to bring you information that you cannot find anywhere else. And not only do we try to bring you information about law, about how to protect yourself and those that you love and your property, we also offer the opportunity for you to call in. This is Talk Radio. And ask questions about property, about what the law provides and how to arrange for your own legacy, uh, how to take care of those that you love, how you can benefit churches, causes, schools, um, all kinds of organizations as well as people by how you do your will, your power of attorneys, your trust, and so on, your deeds. So, This is the kind of work that my law office, which is called Wills and Trusts, LLC, the only kind of work that we do. We prepare wills, trusts, power of attorneys, advanced medical directives. We assist people in administering trust and probate and estate. So give us a call at 240-638-2828. 2406382828 and we'll be glad to work with you to make sure as best we can that your documents are in order so that you are leaving to those that you love to those organizations that you care about and you support the most important thing that you can leave when you leave this earth which is to direct where your property goes, where your money goes, and to make sure that those that you want to benefit from your hard work, your saving, your effort, will be the ones who benefit in the most efficient way, the most tax-effective way, and the easiest way. So as I said before, give us a call if you're in Washington, D.C., Maryland, or Northern Virginia at 240-638-638. 2828 2406382828 If you live in other states, call lawyers in your state 
where you're domiciled that do this kind of work and get it done. Just have your will done or trust, get a power of attorney, medical directive, and, and, and it's done. Put it into a format or tell those that you want to, you know, administer your estate, those that you want to have your power of attorney, where those documents are kept, specifically where the originals of those doc- documents are kept. Because that's what they're going to need. And um, that way you know not only have you made the proper provisions, but they will be carried out. Unfortunately, sometimes I've had clients who come to me after someone has died, and they'll say, my aunt told me, my mother told me, my grandmother told me that she had gone to the lawyer and gotten a will done. But I don't know where it is. I don't know the lawyer. I can't find it. You know, I had one case where it was an aunt uh, who had told her nephew, and I said, please go search everywhere, in under the bed, you know, in the mattress. In, I mean, all, any place you can find it, she might have left it. And so because he did not have the actual original will, it took us almost a year of court filings and 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 motions and affidavits and so on like that to finally get a copy of the will admitted to court. All of that would have been because we happened to find a copy of it. We happened to have gotten a copy of it, but not the original. So not only get the documents done, but also tell your loved ones or the persons that you've assigned to take care of this most important task for you, where the documents are and arrange for them to be able to get it. Um, You don't need to put it in a safety deposit box. That's how people used to do years ago. Uh, If you want to put it into a safety deposit box and you've done that, put the person's name on the box at the bank and give them a key to the box or let them know where your key is if you insist on putting it into a safety deposit box. If you decide you're not going to do that, you're just going to keep your original will, tell them where the original is located. This is very important. If your lawyer keeps your original will, tell your loved one the name the address of the lawyer's office and the particular lawyer who did it for you, because that's another problem that we sometimes have. Our our relatives, our loved ones, even our grandparents sometimes will do a will. Years ago, lawyers used to keep, you know, wills. They had these great big safes and they would keep wills. I don't do that. Okay, just so you know, I don't do that. I I don't do that. But there are some lawyers who used to do it, and they did it years ago, and some still do. I would strongly recommend that if your original will is with a lawyer's office, have the person who is your personal representative to be introduced to that lawyer's office, the phone number, the name confirmed, you know, that the lawyer's office has your original will. And find out 
in writing exactly what that person needs to do in order to get the original will. This is very important. You may want to review the will anyway because anytime you do a will and you haven't reviewed it in like five years or so at the most, that it needs to be reviewed because people die, children grow up, they become adults, you change your relationship with them. So you may want to go back to that lawyer or go to another lawyer and have that will reviewed and, if necessary, updated, redone, whatever. But please take care of that. That's very, very important if you want your wishes to be followed. While I'm here on the air, give me a call. This is a great opportunity if you have questions about this most important subject. Call me here, Radio One. 1-800-450-7876. Law is powerful. It can help you. It can hurt you. It impacts everything that you do, whether you like it or not. It just is a reality in our life. It will definitely hurt you if you don't follow the law because that's what's going to govern when you die. Trust me on that. You can tell people all you want. You can try and write down stuff, give notes to people and so on like that. But once you die, if your wishes are not in a legally enforceable document that has been not only prepared properly, but executed, witnessed properly, then your wishes will not be followed. When you don't have a, a will, a properly executed or a disavowed will, another law takes over called the law of intestacy. It's been a while since I've talked about it. The law of intestacy, every state has a intestate succession law. You know, we call the will... The, formal name is the last will and testament. The law that governs when you don't have a will is called the law of intestate. In other words, without a testament, without a will, there is a law that says how your property will be distributed. And that law will govern when I say property, I mean money and everything else. If you haven't taken care of it, the law will take care of it for you. And it may not be, in fact, it usually is not what you would want. It's usually more expensive to have your property distributed through the law of intestate succession. And it's unnecessary because as an adult, you have the opportunity and the right to have a last will and testament done for you. And when you have that done properly and execute it properly, trust me, it's worth it to have a lawyer do it and to supervise the ex execution and make sure it's done right. Don't nickel and dime your heirs by going and getting a form at Staples or any of these other places where you can get or online even. Because I've seen forms that people have signed at the last minute and that they're not valid. You can't use them, okay? So please, if you or someone you know 
wants to have a smooth and easy transition of assets, of money, of, of property, have a lawyer prepare the appropriate documents, and if necessary, assist you in the beneficiary designations and so on like that. So give us a call at 240-638-2828 or call me now while I'm on the air at 1-800-450-7876. I want to, before I start with with the uh, meat of the program, I want to uh, emphasize something which I'm going to be talking about this year, and that is the importance of voting. Okay, I know it's, uh, you know, we don't vote for another 11 months, but I hate it when we wait till the last minute and then we talk about it and then we, people are sick of hearing it. And, you know, um, but I want you to realize that voting is truly an exercise of power. It determines the type of government that we have. It determines who creates the laws. It determines who gets the money from the taxes that we all pay. Trust me, everybody pays taxes, okay? It determines, it affects, voting affects everything that we do. It determines who our leaders are. It determines who selects the police chiefs in our neighborhoods. It determines who the mayor is in our city. Voting affects the school board, determines the kind of education which taught in our schools to our children. Voting determines who nominates the judges. And in some cases, voting determines who the judges are. Voting determines who sits on juries. You know, voting determines who sits on juries, who determines whether our children, when they go before the courts, our men, our women, to, to be tried, what kind of justice they get, what kind of decisions are made. And, and, and voting determines who, de- who is the judge. And that judge determines what kind of sentence they get. Voting determines, you know, all of these different things. So no, the jury is selected from the voting pool. So regardless of your age, if you are, at least if you're over 18, make sure you go and vote. Make sure you, right now, look into, if you've not registered to vote, look into how you can vote, what you need to do to make sure that you can vote. Make sure you know how to vote. You know where to go. Confirm it, because there's been a lot of hanky-panky going on in the voting things. And so make sure that you are secure in exercising your right to vote, okay? I'm going to be going back to this over and over again because that's where the power is. That's where the power is. And we have to continue to sustain to use the power of the vote, okay? Anyway, I am going to talk to you today unless I get a lot of questions, and even if I do, I will do my best to answer whatever concerns that you have about how the law works. Please remember, 
there's no attorney-client relationship established by anything I say on the program or that's on the uh, internet, on the website. It is strictly for information and educational purposes only, to guide you, to empower you, to make sure that you know what you're doing and that you do it. This is something where it's not enough to just know it. You have to actually do it, okay, because nobody gets out of here alive, as <laughs> my mother used to say. So you want to make sure this is done to protect those that you love. And I thought today that um, I would give you some examples of what happens when your will, when you have a will. What happens in terms of the effect on those that you leave behind? What happens when you have a trust? You know, just some practical things that that uh, you need to know because I do this. This is all I do every day, and so I want to share this information with you. This is not theory, okay? I understand that I have a caller on the line. Good morning. You're on the air. How can I help you? Uh, good morning, and thank thank the universe and God for you. You are uh, oh. really godsend. And, uh, well, thank I've you. Thank you. I've been listening to you back and forth uh, for a couple of years, but uh, I decided to call today because I was playing the piano the other day, and a lady heard me. She said, wow, you really do play. I said, oh, not really. She said, no, honey, you play. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm thinking of, and welcome back, by the way, safely. Um, uh, thank you. I'm thinking about teaching beginning piano lessons, uh, and that involves, uh, you know, small business. So I'm calling mm-hmm. to get it, and also have a working knowledge of, I've studied Spanish in college. So I have a working knowledge of Spanish, and I can teach conversational Spanish. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. about uh, uh, opening, trying to get a little business started. Okay, very so good. I, I think I think you're the right lady to talk with, I think. <laughs> well, one of the, I, I don't do business law, okay? If, you, if, you're, if you're questioning or asking about how to get the business started as a legal matter, that's not what right. I do, but I can refer you to people that do that, uh, and okay. they can guide you from a legal perspective, certainly, okay? But I, okay. I would encourage you. That is fantastic. That's wonderful. Please do follow up on that, okay? Give me a call, and I'll refer you to some lawyers that do that kind of work. Call, call okay? the other number that you have, the 240 number? Yes, yes. Okay. Call that okay. number. Let my let my staff know that you called me on the radio so that okay. you know, they'll know. Uh, and then I can talk with you and then give you some names and numbers of other lawyers that do the business part of of that, you know, okay? okay? Well, so but definitely I want to encourage you to do that. Thank you very much. Well, you're very encouraging, and you are a great, great, great person in the Washington area. We need you, so continue what you're doing. Uh, thank also. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I, I You know, I was taught by two both my parents were teachers, and and they say everybody has a gift, and everybody has to help each other, and so that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm glad to hear that you're doing that too. That's great. And who knows, you may become famous like James Brown and leave a ninety million dollars scholarship for kids. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but 
James Brown, the estate of James Brown, just announced just before the end of the year that his music and so on like that, his whole book of music, had been sold to a company for $90 million. And he had established, he had said in his will or trust, okay, I'm just going by what was on the news, that that $90 million was to be used for scholarships for poor children in South Carolina and Georgia. Now, isn't that amazing? I mean, whatever your gift is, enjoy it, use it, and then make sure you will the proceeds of it to help somebody, okay? But thank you for calling. Thank you for calling in. And and do call me. I'll be glad to give you some names and numbers, okay? You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. And each week I come on Saturday mornings to explain to you how the law works when it comes to wills, trusts, power of attorneys, deeds, and so on like that. If you have questions, call now while I'm on the air at 1-800-450-7876. If you want to contact me about doing a will, power of attorney, advanced medical directive, and or a trust, give us a call at my office, Wills and Trust, LLC, 240-638-2828, Now, each week you hear me say that there are three primary documents that every responsible adult needs to have. You need to have a last will and testament, a power of attorney, and an advanced medical directive, a will, power of attorney, advanced medical directives. Those are the three primary documents that everybody needs to have. You should, when you, when you contact your lawyer, whoever it is to get those things done, you can ask if you're curious, would a trust be appropriate for you? Not everybody needs a trust, okay? Not everybody needs a trust, but a trust definitely has a place and it has a role and it might be appropriate. We often use trust if you want privacy, if you want, if you have minor children or dependent heirs that you're trying to benefit over a period of time, if you want to establish central control and supervision of your assets over time, and if you want to avoid probate. I also, in my office, look at your deeds to make sure that your deeds are, number one, in order, and two, they say what you want them to say. Because there's a lot of ways in which you can transfer a property using your deed in some cases, okay? There are joint tenancy deeds. There are tenants in common deeds. There are life estate deeds. There's transfer on death deeds. There are all kinds of deeds that we use sometimes to help to transfer property as well. But you need a lawyer to tell you what's appropriate for your particular situation. You also want to use beneficiary designations. You want to, you know, where appropriate, where you have, you know, 
one, two, or three intended beneficiaries, and they are all adults, where you don't have any restrictions on them getting the money after you've left this earth, where you're saying, you know, I want so-so, so-so to be the person to get the money in my bank account. They are an adult. You don't have any hesitation about giving it to them. You can name them as a beneficiary on your bank account, your life insurance, your retirement account. Any kind of financial account can be transferred at death by a appropriate beneficiary designation. Bank accounts, it's called payable on death. All banks have those forms. You fill it out. You give them the name, the address, the phone number of the person that you want to have the money. Uh, insurance policies all have benefici- payable on death beneficiaries designations. Brokerage accounts, it's called transfer on death, T-O-D. Uh, they have uh, statements uh, or you know forms that you fill out and says, this is who I want to get this money after I die, and in what proportions. They're always left in percentages, 100%, 10%, whatever, whatever you want. So do those things, and then what's really important to do is make sure you get a hard-written copy of the beneficiary designations once you've signed them and put them in a easily accessible place. I like three ring binders, put them in sleeves. You know, you can get them from Staples sleeves with three rings, you know, holes so you don't have to punch holes in the actual document. You just put them in the sleeve. You put them in a binder that's too big to lose, okay, and you tell people where that binder is. You don't have to give them the binder, but you tell them where it is, with a statement from the bank account, a statement of the life insurance policy, the retirement account, that's really, really important. If you'd like a will, a power of attorney, medical directives, and perhaps a trust, give us a call at my law office, Wills and Trusts, LLC, 240-638-2828, 240-638-2828. And we'll be glad to work with you. Now, every week I come on and I try to be available to answer your questions. Remember, it's only for educational purposes. Uh, There's no attorney-client relationship established. But you do need to go to a lawyer, get your will, your power of attorney, or medical directive done. And I thought I would give you some concrete examples of what happens when you do this, okay, what happens when you have a will, properly executed will that we can use to leave? Let's start with the example of, let's say you have a will and you leave your house to your grandchild. Now, your grandchild is an adult, okay? This only works if you leave it to an adult, okay? You can do it in a trust for a minor, but let's say you leave your house to your grandchild. And this is, I I do this every day, all day. And um, anyway, 
you have a will. You have you go to your lawyer. You get your will done. You say, you know, uh, I have a grandchild that I want to really. I'm going to leave my house to my grandchild. Okay, whatever reason doesn't matter. That grandchild now has a roof over their head. They don't have to pay rent. They get to save their money because they don't have a mortgage to pay. They start with a great big leg up. They can finish their education. They can start a business. They can help their sibling or anyone else that they may need to to help. They have more flexibility financially to be creative. A lot of times people who are very creative, you know, music, art, um, film, all kind, any the creative arts sometimes don't pay very well, uh, and so people don't have that flexibility, uh, animation, and so on. It's really hard to get into those jobs, and so on, and make a living out of them. But if you want your child to do that, to 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 or your grandchild, um, I think I read somewhere that Spike Lee's grandmother saved her social security and left it to her grandchildren her gra- and he happened to be the first one and he used it and I don't know if this is true I just read it somewhere so he went to New York film school and that's how Spike Lee got to be Spike Lee because his grandmother had left him money to be able to do that okay they have financial security that's what happens when you leave your home to an adult person who may be a child, a grandchild, a niece, a nephew. Uh, and I'm saying, A, it could be more than one, certainly. But as a practical matter, that's what you're doing when you do a will. A will is really an act of love. It's a way of saying, I am going to bless you with my blessing. I'm going to bless you with the fruit of my labor. Okay? So what happens when you're, you have a will that states clearly that your spouse is to get your house and your other assets? Your spouse has a secure place to live. Your spouse can't be put out of the house by disgruntled Relatives, a lot of people don't realize that the law of intestacy, and I explained that, there's a, we, the proper name for a will is the last will and testament. The last will and testament. When you don't have a will, or the will that you have is not legally enforceable, there is a law in every state, and that law is called the law of intestate succession, and that law governs the distribution of your property after your death, regardless of what you said to somebody, regardless of what you want, the law is going to determine the distribution of any property that you have not made proper provision for when you die. And that law is is cold-blooded. It just says if you die and you have a spouse and you have children, 
or you have parents, then all those different people inherit at different stages and different amounts, and that's how it's going to be. But when you have a will, properly executed, enforceable will that says clearly that your spouse is to get not just the house, but the money and so on like that, you have given your spouse a secure place to live. They can't be put out by your parents. A lot of people don't realize that even if you don't have children, your parents inherit from you. Your parents inherit from you with a spouse. If you have a spouse, they have a roof over their heads. They don't have to be worried about putting, being put out in the cold. And if you have children with your spouse, you can be sure or more sure that they will have security, financial security for those children as well. Okay? Your last will and testament will govern the distribution of your property unless you've made other provisions. Now, if you have a deed or you have a bank account that says my brother is to get this money or my former wife is to get my insurance and you never bother to change it, you know, you've got to be thorough with this. And that's why I encourage people to go to a lawyer that does this kind of work so they can not only do your will, but also they can look at your deeds, they can check your your insurance uh, or help you to check your insurance beneficiaries. And if you can't find them, do new ones. You can always change your beneficiary designations to make sure that they say exactly what you want, update them. If you've been divorced, make sure you change your beneficiary designations, okay, unless it's what you want, okay? But when you have a will, I have seen so many spouses be put out of their houses because the husband never did a will. They didn't know what to do. They, they, they need, you have to do a will if you want to protect your spouse. You really do, especially if you have children, especially if children, you know, the spouse has trouble with, with refinancing, if that's an issue where you have minor children on the deed, okay? The parents don't like the spouse, and so they put the spouse out or they won't sign any documents and they can't get a – I've had all these cases. The spouse can't get a bond, so she can't be appointed as personal representative. Somebody else has to take over. Where a simple last will and testament that's saying, I give my, my, my assets to my spouse would have protected them. So if you are married and your intentions are that your spouse gets your house and your money, go to a lawyer. And again, I'm assuming that the deed does not say tenants by the entirety. So let me not get you confused. If your spouse's name is on the deed as tenants by the entirety, then he or she will get it. But that does not govern your bank account. It does not govern your retirement accounts. It does not govern your life insurance policies. You want to be thorough about these things. This is important. Last wills and testaments are an act of love. They really are because they give your loved ones, your intended beneficiaries, 
security, okay? It's really, really important. You know, that, that song, Money, 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 is so real. It's so real. Everybody needs to have money. They really do. Um, my brother, the same one that had the heart attack, who I was with for this Christmas, uh, and the rest of the family, uh, is, is retired, but then he went back to work to work with homeless men. Uh, he works for a uh, church that runs homeless shelters for men. And, uh, you know, we talk about what he does and the men that he works with. He tries to find them jobs. He helps to find um, shelter, you know, like permanent housing for them and so on. And Texas has a pretty robust um, social security net that helps people when they're willing to take it. And, you know, um, but one of the things that he, he, he stresses to everyone is that you got to have an income. You have to have an income. And, you know, he said to me, that's basic, Ethel. That's basic. You got to, you have to tell men, you know, you've got to have an income. You have to have a way to support yourself. You have to have a way to eat. You have to have a way to pay for housing. And, you know, those are those are things that we don't often talk about, and I didn't really think about it, but that is so very, very true. And if we don't teach our children anything else, you know, our grandchildren and, and, and those that we care about, that is the necessity of being able to support yourself. That's like a basic adult thing. You've got to have a way to support yourself. Um, so back to what I've been talking about today, and that is examples of what happens when you leave your home, your money, to anyone in your will, in your beneficiary designations. I gave the example of what happens when you leave your home to a grandchild, an adult, okay? This doesn't work if they are minors. You can leave them money and assets, but if you do it in any way other than a trust, a court will have to be appointed to manage these assets for your minor beneficiary. And when they reach 18, they get everything in their own hands, so to speak, in their own names. And quite often, they're not mature enough to manage it. Okay? But anyway, you're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. This is the kind of work we do. This is the only kind of work we do at Wills and Trust LLC, the name of my law office, 240-638-2828 is our number. So call us if you want us to help you set up these legal structures. So let me give you an example of what happens when you leave a trust for your minor children. This, a trust is a legal document that's prepared by a lawyer for you. You don't have to be a millionaire, multimillionaire to have a trust. It is simply a way of saying, I give to 
a person called a trustee, who you name, the authority to manage what I'm leaving for the benefit of my named beneficiaries. So what happens? You have minor children. God forbid you die before they reach a mature age. The age of majority, which is usually 18 in most states, is not an age of maturity to me, at least. It is, however, when our law recognizes a person to be an adult legally. But when a lawyer, when you go to a lawyer and that lawyer creates a trust, and that trust says, I want my minor children to be taken care of, then what the trust does is it gives to a person called your successor trustee the assets that you are leaving. And what you usually, and what you've done is they now have someone who is managing their money to make sure they have shelter. You know, in the cold and the ice and so on, it's, it's a blessing to have shelter, okay? It's a blessing that you, you make happen by having the money to pay for that shelter. They have money for education. I did a trust, oh, God, it's almost 10 or 12 years ago uh, for a man who had great-grandchildren that he named to be the primary beneficiary of his estate. And just last year, some of those great-grandchildren have reached the age when they are getting ready to go to college. And now they have the money. It's been, and what happens with that money is the trustee who you have named, in some cases, you may name an institution like a bank or, you know, but you got to have a lot of money to, do, to, to name them, okay? But if you have a person, it could be your spouse, it could be your brother, your sister, you know, your best friend, whoever you trust. They take that money and they invest it and they reinvest it and reinvest it and reinvest it. And so let's say you have one of those AARP $100,000 life insurance policies like a lot of my clients have. And when you die, you say, I'm going to leave this in trust for the benefit of my minor children. And you name someone, let's say your, your spouse, be the trustee. And, and you usually name more than one person. You name a person, then you name a successor, and another successor if you have them. So you don't have to worry. At least you've put in place persons that you think will be around. Okay, sometimes people say, well, suppose they die. Well, you've named who's going to take their place. And usually in my trust, I also say that they can name their own successors. So if the person you named has gotten sick, they name who comes after them. Okay, but let's say you have a $100,000 life insurance policy like a lot of people do. It could be more or less, it, it, whatever, and, you, and, and you, you go to your lawyer, we prepare your trust, and then we prepare the beneficiary designation that you sign and send into the life insurance policy, and the life insurance company, and that company is told, pay this insurance benefit into the trust, 
as a practical matter what happens, and you give the trustee and everything the copy of the beneficiary designation and so on. And so when you die, the trustee of your trust files a claim with the life insurance company. The life insurance company, once they're satisfied that this is appropriate, this is the right trust, and so on like that. There are a few other legal things that have to go on. You don't have to go to court, okay? But your lawyer with the trustee makes the claim. That money is now paid into an account that's opened in the name of the trust, okay? In the name of the trust. Your trustee is not only someone who should be trustworthy, meaning that they're not going to steal the money or misuse it for themselves or their children or whatever, not only do they need to be trustworthy, you ideally want someone who's going to work with a legitimate, conservative financial advisor who is going to guide them in what to do with that money. And there are what's called prudent man investing rules that govern the investment of money for children, okay, or in trust, okay? And and that money, that $100,000 now, should be invested in an account, always in the name of the trust, where it's going to earn money every year. So if it's earning $4,000 a year, you know, $100,000, it's invested at 4% interest, that $4,000 is invested, it's earned, and then it's reinvested, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. It's called compound interest and because you're not touching it. You've said in your trust, this money is for my children. This is, or a lot of my, my, my grandparents will say, it's only to be used for their education, or it's only to be used to create a down payment for a house, you know, because they assume that the parents are going to feed them, clothe them, you know, do all that other stuff. But this is big money that's going to be used and saved and grown until it is available in a larger amount than what you left for the purposes to make sure that those grandchildren or those minor children, whoever they might be, will have a safe and a secure financial foundation. Okay? Now, it doesn't have to be like that if you feel that you're you're leaving money, your children are going to need help, your spouse can't really pay the mortgage, your spouse by herself or by himself, your spouse will need money along the way to take care of those children, then that's what your trust will say for their health, education, maintenance, and support. I forgot to say something really important, and that is I have a podcast now. These programs are available 24-7 on the various podcasting platforms. Um, You can go to Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, to Google Podcasting Platforms, and put in Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell, and many of our programs are posted there. We're going to try and get the rest of them posted very shortly in the new year. Um, And so this information 
will be available and is available even now, 24-7, anytime you want it. You can tell your friends about them, your children, your grandchildren, because they can listen to it. They can listen to it in the car. They can listen to it when they're doing their exercises. You know, uh, you don't have to just wait until Saturday morning to listen to it. So please point to your friends and you take advantage of it as well. We have numbered them so that you can more easily go back to one if you want to. But do take advantage of the podcast, Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell, as well. Today, I've I've been giving you some practical examples of how your will can impact other people. What happens when you leave a will? Just before the break, I was explaining what happens when you leave a trust to benefit minor children, how as a practical matter that works out. And I gave you an example of having a lawyer prepare a trust, having that trust receive the death benefit of a life insurance policy, and having that policy money be put into a bank account or a financial account that you are guided by a certified financial advisor. You always want to use a certified financial advisor, okay? Ask if they have a certified financial planning degree, a CFP. That's one of the designations that I know to be indicative of the fact that they have studied a lot, they have learned a lot, and they are subject to some very high ethical standards. So you want to ask and work with financial advisors who have shown through their diligence and their education and their continuing education that they are among the best in the field. So certainly ask your financial advisor if They have the CFP, Certified Financial Planning Degree. Um, There are others. I don't mean to imply that nobody else uh, is any good. I'm not implying that at all. There are other very good uh, financial advisors, but I know for sure, and I have been told by many who've been in the field much longer than I, that the CFP is a designation that is an important designation that you want to look for. So when you have a trust that your lawyer has prepared and that trust says, when I die, my minor children are to be cared for with, I used the example of the life insurance policy. It could also be your will. I'm sorry, your house could be in that trust, your uh, bank accounts, you know, all of your assets could be in that trust, and you have named. I, let's do an example. I like to do examples. Mr. Robert Jones has three minor children, and he wants to make sure that those minor children are well cared for if something should happen to him. And so we'll keep it simple, and we'll have Mrs. Jones. We'll have Mrs. Matilda Jones as his wife, and she's good with money. 
he trusts her. She's a mother of his children. And so he names her as the successor trustee to his trust. He puts the beneficiary designation of his life insurance policies will be this trust, the Robert Jones Trust. He puts the house in the trust. He puts the, and by that I mean a deed is done that transfers the house into the trust. He puts a um, his bank account into his trust. Again, meaning that the bank accounts that formerly said Mr. Robert Jones on it, it now says Mr. Robert Jones trustee or the Mr. Robert Jones trust. He names his wife, Ms. Matilda Jones, as the successor trustee. And perhaps, just to be careful, he also names his brother, uh, let's call him Mr. Matthew Jones, as the successor after his wife, if something happens to his wife. So he's in a car accident, he has a heart attack, COVID, he dies for whatever reason. All of those assets are now in his trust. The bank accounts are already in the trust. Because his wife is his successor trustee, she goes to the bank with a copy of the trust our identification, and the bank now puts Mrs. Matilda Jones as the successor trustee who is empowered to sign checks, to take whatever money is in that bank account and use it for the benefit of herself and her children. If, she, if he's named her and the children as the beneficiaries, she's able to do that right away without having to go to court doesn't have to do anything like that. It's it's she does have to identify herself. She has to prove who she is. She files a claim with the the life insurance uh, company. That money is paid into preferably a uh, brokerage account that can be invested prudently. She goes to a financial advisor who is licensed and is able to guide her in terms of what that money should be used for. The financial advisor says, okay, your children are so-so ages. This is what we estimate it's going to cost for them to go to college 10 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever it might be. Um, And actually, she could also have life insurance on her own life, and she could name the same trust as a beneficiary of her life insurance policies. So that if she should die before the children are to receive their money, that same dollars $500,000, whatever it is, money, would go into the same trust if she likes. Okay, doesn't have to. She can have her own trust with her own policy. But guess what's happening here? Those children have money to provide for their shelter. Maybe the house mortgage has not been paid off. There's money for her to continue paying the house mortgage, and her financial advisor can tell her what's the best way to do this. Is there enough money to pay off the mortgage, or will that make you too short? Should you continue to pay on a monthly basis, which they can do because the house is in the trust? Is there money for education? Yes, because he provided for it. Mr. Robert Jones provided that money 
to make sure when his children got ready to go, it doesn't have to be college. It could be plumbing. It could be computer. It could be any kind. It could be medical school. It could be whatever it is that they want it. They will be able to do it. They will not be stopped because they don't have money. Because they have money, when they're grown and they've been able to be well-educated, usually what trusts will say is after a certain age, they get the rest of that money. And so if the trust says, as a lot of times they do, when they reach 35, 40, whatever, that 100000 which has grown into two or $300,000 by now, that money's paid directly to them. You know, you're creating a real serious legacy there. If you'd like us to work with you and your family and creating these documents for you, give us a call at 240-638-2828. I've been giving you examples today of what happens when you leave a will and in your will says, I give my home, my money to your grandchildren, your spouse, and you have a trust for your minor children. And I've been talking about it in, a, in, in, in the ways in which it helps with financial security. There's another way that is extremely important, I think, and that is that your beneficiaries, whether it's your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, because I have a lot of aunts and uncles that take care of their nieces and their nephews, your godchildren, uh, they know that they are loved. They know that they are valued. They know that they were thought about and cared for even after death. And that is huge. That is absolutely huge. That is perhaps the biggest gift you can give to make your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your niece, your nephew, your best friend, whoever it might be, to be secure in themselves as well as financially because they know that you cared enough to support them in such a tangible way, in such a ta- money talks, okay? And when you leave money after death in a legally enforceable way, when you leave property after death to someone in a legally enforceable way, That is a huge statement about you and about your feelings for them. Not just feelings, but your determination to support them. If you are a father and you have children, you are a mother and you have children, if you have a a grandparent and you have grandchildren, if you are an aunt, an uncle, a niece, a nephew, a good friend, and you leave a will or a trust that says, I give 
my home, my money, my whatever I'm leaving here to, and then you name particular people. I've had friends that I've helped to give checks to. Remember one lady left her estate partly to a school, and I don't, I didn't have time to, to get into it. I prepared the whole thing about what happens when you leave money for schools and nonprofits and churches and so on like that. Maybe we'll talk about that another day, certainly. But when you leave money in a will or a trust that is given to your friends, one day you left money for Howard University, I remember, and the rest of the money went to five friends that had been lifelong friends. And when we issued checks for $20,000 to those friends, I cannot tell you how good they felt. Not just because of the money, but because it was a form of love. It was a form of acknowledgement of the value that that person put on their relationship, on their friendship, their caring. And so when you do that for your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, when you do that for someone, it's a great sense of empowerment because you are saying in a tangible way that they are valuable. They are valuable to you. You are expecting them to do the similar thing for their children. You are empowering them to be able to do more with their own lives and to contribute more to their communities. And sometimes I actually put that in, in a trust, that we expect them to be a uh, benefit to the community. So consider talking with a lawyer that does estate planning to set up and establish your own legacy in a legally enforceable way, have your will done, your power of attorney, your medical directives, have your beneficiaries designations done properly, have someone who's a lawyer look at your deeds to make sure that they are correct and make any changes that are needed. If your ancestors have already died and the title to your property that you're living in or that you think should be yours or whatever has not been cleared, come to get to a lawyer and let us help you clear it so that you can get the benefit of it and use it, whether it's to sell it and have that money available um, uh, for you to use and direct as you wish. But take advantage of the law. The law is really powerful, and it can really help yourself and help the next generation. Don't 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 sleep on this. Don't put your head in the sand and think it's gonna be it's gonna work out okay, you know, whatever. Please don't do that. This is really important stuff. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk about how important it is to leave money for churches, for civil rights organizations, for nonprofits, for foundations for hospitals, for schools. That's important, too. It's hugely important, okay? Some churches are now beginning to realize that all people, but especially black people, got money, 
Okay, we have assets. We are no longer poor and downtrodden by any means, but we have to recognize it and we have to use it. And although I'm black and I'm talking to black people, same thing for, you know, any whites, for, you know, immigrants from any place, whether you are East Indian, you are Chinese, you are African, you're Asian, Hispanic. Everybody in this country has a right to property and it has a right to use the law to distribute that property as they wish. And I encourage you to take advantage of it. Use lawyers. That's what we go to school for. That's what we do every day. Use us. Let us help you to create a legacy that will help those, you know, the next generation and those that you wish in the way in which you wish. You've been listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. Give me a call at 240-638-2828, 240-638-2828. We'll send you our client information form to get started and get to work on getting your estate documents in order. Once they're done, they're done. You'll have them. You'll have your own documents and so on. You can always change them. But get started this year and make sure that you have put in place the things that will protect you personally as long as you're alive and protect those that you love when you leave this earth, okay? Um, As always, I wish everyone a happy, happy new year. As I said last week, I want you to be healthy, safe, and wealthy, okay? So have a good year, and I will be back next week. Be safe.